No other rock, that supernatural stone. And even though it's a stumbling block to many, it is a special stone to us because it is sufficient, amen? amen? Today, I'm gonna push a few people. Will not be a long sermon, understanding everything that's going on in your life. And let me say once again, it is so good to have such a great number in the middle of this tropical storm. You're a great people and a great church as always. But today, I wanna push people. There'll be people in this house that the word's gonna apply to you. You've gotta receive it with gladness. If you will, it will change you. There'll be others that you're gonna say, I wish so-and-so was here. I wish my child was here. What we have to do then is let God do the work, amen? We'll put the word out there in the right time and the right season, God will bring it together for his glory. Book of Hebrews chapter six, beginning in verse one. Therefore, goes back to chapter five when he encourages us to go from the milk to the meat. We'll touch on that in a few moments. But therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Don't let that fool you. He's not saying let us leave the doctrine of Christ. He's just saying if you have the doctrine of Christ, that there will be a growth pattern in your life to deeper levels. Let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. But by the way, those three things are argued in the church even today. Those very three things have divided churches. Last verse. And this we will do if God permits. I wanna teach just for a few moments a subject entitled, Digging Up the Foundations. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this moment ready and eager to hear the word. Let the word come forth. God, we pray, Lord, for many needs among our body. One more time, I pray for my family back home. I pray for the Crane family as they lost their loved one this, this week, God, and the funerals tomorrow. We pray for compassion, we pray for comfort and peace. But God, at this very moment, there's nothing more important than the word going forth to touch lives and change lives. Let the word go out now to the intent thereof. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Jesus said he that hears the word and does the word, it's like the man that builds his house upon a rock. But he who hears the word, but not, does not carry out the content thereof, is as the man that builds his house on the earth, and the storms come, and they always come. The one that builds his house on the rock, the winds beat against that rock, and it stays. But the one that builds his house on the earth, the winds and rains come, and the Bible says, great is the fall thereof. My little baby Ashton is such a sweetheart. He is a special gift to our family, and he's really unique. His tendencies and actions sometimes are so different than mine. It really perplexes me at times. And I say a lot, you remind me of your mother's people. And I always mean that good, right? <laughs> yes. He has this new thing now. He's probably said it to a couple of you. I know he said it to at least one. If something is different in his life and he doesn't like it, or if he's done with something, he'll make the statement now, Daddy, that's new. 
And people laugh at it like he means well by it. But let me give you a word of caution and a word of wisdom. If he looks at you and says it is new, that means he's done with it. He doesn't like it and he really wants it out of his face. For instance, there was a man in our community, and really he was honest, but this man kind of has a face that is not becoming, uh, anyway. So, and Ashton looked at him and said to him this week, you have a new face. And the man said, oh, isn't he so sweet? What that man did not understand was, Ashton was saying, your face is ugly, and I really don't like it, you understand? <laughs> he walked in our house today, and there's a new fragrance in our house, and he says to his mother, this is new smelling, new smelling. What he means is, mom, don't ever bring that candle back in the house. Also, he found new Pop-Tarts this week, brown sugar Pop-Tarts, which is really good, by the way. He said, Daddy, I love them, and me being very frugal with money, I don't wanna pay $2 at a gas station, so I went to Walmart and bought 48 packs of brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts because I wanna save some money. And I don't know how this happened. I don't know how God allowed this to happen, but in three days, Anthony, it became his favorite to his least in three days. And I still have 46 Pop-Tarts Pop-Tarts left to eat in the house. <laughs> Daddy, they're new. And we laugh at that, we should, because that's what three-year-olds do in their, their memories, and we'll tell that to his children one day. But let me ask you something this morning. At 13, if he still has that same phrase and same terminology, we won't laugh about that. When he says, Daddy, I want this pair of shoes, and he wears them one day and comes back home and says, Daddy, these shoes are new. I'll say, they might be new, but you're going barefooted tomorrow, or you'll wear these shoes. Yeah, somebody bought my son a pair of $200 shoes recently. $225 for a pair of shoes. Brought them in my house, and I, and I commend them. I know their family, and I know they think they're doing well, but I said, little Aiden down, I said, baby, I love you, but if you think I'm gonna let you wear 200 pair of $225 pair of tennis shoes to go play football, you have lost your mind. You mean, Daddy, you gonna take it back? I'm gonna take it back the very next day. You wanna know why? I know somebody's saying, preacher, that's me. No, it's not me. I've got to teach him something while I've got a short time to teach him. And I've got to let him know just because it don't look right or it doesn't feel like it felt on the first day, son, you just can't change it because somebody else blessed you with it or you want something new. See, at three, you laugh at it. But at 13, you rebuke it. Brother Nolan, I'm sure you had some discomfort in your house. Oh, for a moment, but you've got to understand right now, I may not be king here, but I'm king there when it comes to those decisions. And that family member, they got over it in time because it's not about the principle of them wanting to give. It's about the principle that I feel just me, nobody else, just me. I just don't understand why a 12-year-old has to have $225 pair of sneakers to go kick a soccer ball around when I can buy six pair for that price and they'll last four years, amen. See how I worked that out, praise God, that's who I am. See, at three, it's okay, but at 13, I rebuke it. Why? Because you have to understand things that we allow at three is okay because they're infants and because that's what we do. But as they begin to grow, or they should grow, things that we tolerate at three, if Ashton has an accident tonight, I will give him grace. But at 13, I cannot give grace. I can't just extend that grace because it has to come a time where I challenge him to know better and to do better. 
That's what's wrong with the church world. There's no more challenges in the church world. We're just so happy to have somebody say we are afraid to challenge them at the right season and by not challenging them to grow, they do not grow. And that's why we have 18-year-old Christians who behave like 18-day-old Christians. Just stay with me. The writer of Hebrews comes along and says, Christ is better. That's the main point. But second point is this. You're going to have storms and you're going to have trials. And if you stay the way that you are, your infant thinking, your childish, babyish thinking is going to cause you to not understand the sovereignty and the providential hand of God. And when you don't understand that, every little thing will move you and cause you to start church, quit church. Start church, quit church. High, low, like a yo-yo. Are you with me? Not judging anybody. Preaching as your pastor in love. Probably for the people that stayed home, but yet still preaching. He challenged them to grow in maturity. He says, it's past time. We keep going around this mountain. Here we come. Should we be coming around the mountain? I can't sing, but anyway. So he says, we have gone around this mountain over and over. You fuss over the same things, the resurrection. The baptisms, can't go to that church, they sprinkle. Can't go to that church, they emerge. I, I don't believe in putting all of my body in the water. And we argue over things that really, in the end, that doesn't matter. It was the principle thereof of baptism that we are dead in Christ, we are buried in Christ, and we are raised with Christ. However you want to do it, it's the same principle. Now, we're church of God to the bowl, so we're going to hold you up in the water for 35 seconds and make sure all of it's out of you. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> And other churches in the town, they're just going to sprinkle. They hadn't lived like you and I have lived. But for us, we hold you until we see your feet kick up. Then, praise God, bring them up in Jesus' name. Are you listening? He says, quit arguing over this. And let's just move on. It's past time that you and I will move forward. But Brother Nolan, age has something to do with it. No, the writer disagrees with you in chapter five. He lets them know that experience is not the key to the maturity of the faith. I've seen some older people in my family act so immature when it comes to faith. They have great wisdom on their jobs. My father has great wisdom as a logger. He's one of the best. His name is synonymous in our community. My dad's reputation is almost untouched. In fact, there's a man visiting this morning that will tell you that. But my dad and I has also had other conversations about faith where he didn't grow in certain areas and God allowed me to speak into his life. He didn't like it, but he realized if it's the word, I don't care if it's a three-year-old preaching the word. If it's the word, then it's the word. Age has nothing to do with it. And at times, you say, Pastor, it's clearly seen. It is. Not only does the age has nothing to do with it, God will reveal it, but the problem is when he reveals it, we don't grasp it. The writer of Hebrews is saying, we have got to stop this and we've got to go forward if the church is going to be the church. I'm gonna say this quickly and move on. I, I, I can't allow you to work with me. You and I can disagree. Jessica and I will disagree. Sometimes I want a certain song, she wants a different song. Danny and I may disagree, that's okay. But when it comes to immaturity, that your lifestyle on social media and in the public causes a black eye to our church, we've got a problem. Yeah. 
That's what he's talking about. These people never move forward. And the Bible says, even though age is not the reason, and even though they can see it, but they choose not to see it, so they don't grasp it, he says it is costly. Why? Because when you don't grow, you miss the blessings of God. You're still talking about, I just thank God I'm saved. I am too. I thank God about that. But let me also tell you something. While other people were losing their mind about Florence, whether or not that they are, are saved or they perish in the sense of all their belongings, I know this. Let me tell you about 20 years in Christ. I realize everything I have, God gave it to me. And if I lose it all today, God can give me more. My belongings is not the temperature of my faith. What I have or what I don't have doesn't mean that God loves me or don't, I'm gonna get in trouble right here. See, see, God spares South Carolina. To some of us, he's a big and mighty God. What about the saints in North Carolina? Oh, Jessica had to pull me off the ledge this week. Is God not big in North Carolina? Yes, he is because it rains on the just as well as the unjust. My God is not based on Flo or Florence or Hugo or Irene. My God is based because he declared, I will sit on a throne and the gates of hell will not pull me from it. So then he starts in chapter six. He leaves chapter five and starts in chapter six. He says, you've been professing. You should be teachers by now. Listen to this one point. He says, you should be teachers, Matthew 5, 11 through 14. He says, you're not teachers because you will not grow up, because you are childish. You see it, but you don't see it. And therefore you don't have the benefits and it's costed you. Listen to me. There are arguments that I can always run to, but I have to ask myself, what is the cost? Uh, you're going to disagree with this, and that's okay. And if I would have been a pastor, then I probably would have went a different way. Disagree with it? Let it go, though. That's what I'm preaching on. In my family recently, there was an argument over an acre of land, and I was in the right. I was in the right. The law says I was in the right. But it came to a place with my father's help that I had to say, so be it. So be it. So be it. It's yours. You say, Brother Nolan, you're righteous. No, I'm not. Because inside, I did not want to do that and I was wrong. But it came to a place that I realized that I will lose my voice to speak in his life later and I will. And to be honest with you, what God spoke to my spirit, it'll be more than an acre that comes back later. Because while you trust in the providence of your own power, I trust in the providence of Almighty God. And my God owns it all anyway. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. And so what you've got to understand, you've got to choose. You should be teaching my now, he says. You should be the teacher, not the student. Some of you this morning, I want you to graduate. I want you to graduate from that same devil, that same problem, racism, so whatever's in your heart. Let's graduate from that this morning. Let's move past it. You say, Brother Nolan, I may not understand it or I may not like it. I'm okay with that. There's some things in this Bible that I still don't understand and there are a few things at times I don't like, but I've come to this. His ways are above my ways and his thoughts are above my thoughts. So I be submissive to my father because he knows more than I and I do not know more than him. So the writer says, I pick up three points and I'll close. The writer says in Hebrews 6, then let us move on. Let's quit going around this mountain. Let's quit doing this. 
He says, we've got to move forward. First of all, he says, let's move on to perfection. It doesn't mean that you are made perfect. It just means that you have a state of maturity in Christ that brings you a perfect understanding of moment by moment exercises of faith. It means this, that you know that right now, there are some saints in this house that I know, I don't care if their house burns down, they get cancer, they lose their spouse, they're gonna go through a season of hardship, but I already know that Kenny, they're gonna make it. Sorry, settle. Tony Hester, not to embarrass you, but since you're sitting on the second row and I have great confidence in you, I know that I know that I know that everybody else may fall by the wayside, but I believe Tony Hester, I believe he's a man, I believe he does what he says he does, I believe he's a real thing. I, I think he's already made up his mind that he is perfected. Not he's perfect, but he realizes it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And there's a season to born and a season to die. And there's gonna be some good times and there's gonna be some hard times. But I believe he's made up his, his mind that he is gonna serve the Lord no matter what comes his way. Not to embarrass you. That's what the writer is saying. He is saying that there is a place that's perfected in God, that I understand God's principles, I understand his power, I understand his deity, I understand his activity, I understand his coming of age, I understand spiritual manhood, and I've made up my mind that I'm not going back. It's in Christ I stand, he's the solid rock, come what may, but I'm in Jesus, he is in I, let's move forward in Jesus' name. Then secondly, listen, listen, and here's what I wanna preach. He says, not only do I understand the perfection in God, he says, but I also understand this. Bring me that, please, if you would. By the way, TJ, you and Victoria and Lacey did a great job last Sunday night. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Russell, this is a shovel. I didn't know. <laughs> Little inside joke between me and Russell, that's all right. He picks at me. The writer says, here's your problem. And he's bold about this. Ronnie Murphy, this is what he says. He says, you lay a foundation. You get the foundation just right. And you get everything leveled just right. And he says, all of a sudden, somebody comes along and they make you mad or something you don't understand or something doesn't go your way or you don't get a promotion, you don't get the job, your wife doesn't do what you think she should do, pastor doesn't do, joy doesn't do, church of God doesn't do. So you get mad, what do you do? You dig up the foundation. Mm-hmm. Church ain't gonna make it without me. Yeah. I'm not gonna give her any money. No, sir. She didn't cook my grits just right. Come on. I don't like my grips lumpy. I want two sticks of butter and a half pound of pepper in it. Praise God. Right? So I'm mad. I'm gonna tear up the foundation. I know I've been saved a year now. I'm gonna lay out of church for a year because I'm mad, I'm, I'm mad right now. So I'm gonna dig up the foundation. I believe they should baptize by sprinkling. So I'm, I'm gonna get upset. I believe in the second coming of Jesus, but I don't believe in the rapture. I believe it's after the, the thousand year millennial reign. I'm just using that because that's a debate that's going on in the church right now. They believe in the second coming, but just not in the rapture. They believe it's coming after the thousand year millennial reign. And this is a huge debate. For you that's been in the church of God, you have debate over uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. They decided that, now they moved on to something else. There will always be something in the church world to argue about. 
Do we wear pants? Do we not wear pants? Do we wear makeup? Do we not wear makeup? Do we come to church? Do we wear culottes? I think we should bring culottes back, by the way, but that's just my, my personal opinion. But anyway, not that I think there's a spiritual connotation. I'd just like to see what Sister Nolan looks like in culottes. But anyway, let's just go on from that. And so we debate over that. See how the devil would divide us? He'll get us fussing over anything. Do we have this style of music, that style of music? I believe the music should be loud. I think the music should be soft. I think the light should be blue. I think the light should be green. I'm gonna get mad. I'm gonna tear it up. I'm gonna take my red wagon. Let's go. Right of Hebrews says, that's all you do. You dig it up, you dig it up, and then you lay it again. Things go your way. Pastor recognize you. Everything's just right. You got the job at iTron. Everybody loves you. They're singing your songs. Somebody new comes in the church. They take a little spotlight off of you. You know what you do? Well, I'm going to dig it up. Now, don't get mad at me. That's what the Word says. That's the Word. That's not Neil Nolan. That's the Word. That's who we are at North Wahala. 104 years built on the Word of God. He says, you get upset and you dig the foundation up. The foundation was laid to do what? Not to be dug up, but to be built upon. Nobody rides by and says, you know what, that's a good foundation right there. You know what, I, I didn't go by Tracy Williams' house and David, they invited me over recently to their new house and went by and they showed me the pictures before and even though the foundation is the most important thing, they never showed me the foundation. They showed me the structure, they showed me the wood, they showed everything about that. They showed me also that the biggest room in the house belongs to Pastor Tommy Wade. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he did pull that off. And so the next thing you know, they never showed me the foundation, they showed me the structure. But you hear me, but without the foundation, there is no structure. Structure. And when the flow blows and Florence comes, it will knock it down. But the problem is this in the church world, we never move past the foundation anymore. One reason is because this has failed you. The pulpit. Because we don't want to challenge nobody anymore to be great in God, to build upon your lives. Brother, you can't find that scripture. Yes, I can. Let me give you a couple things. First of all, you just hold that for me. Thank you. (laughs) First of all, you've got to go ahead and start building. The foundation was never meant to be looked at. It was meant, meant to be built upon. That means God wants growth. I love the way Ashton looks right now. So beautiful. But if he looks just like He does now at 16, something went wrong. Hello? You shouldn't look the same this morning. You should not look the same. You should be different than you were 10 years ago. The reason why, three things I close. First of all, we never make up our minds anymore. I want you to draw a line in the sand this morning and make up your mind that you are going to serve the Lord. Watch this, here's the key phrase no matter what. If you decide that today, let me prophesy over you. The winds are gonna blow tomorrow. Your boss is probably gonna be crazy tomorrow. Your children will lose their mind this week. Somebody's told me that. Every time I try to do good, Pastor, it seems like everything falls apart. My refrigerator tears up. Okay, so you're gonna base your eternity because your peas are not frozen anymore. I just know how I'm gonna make it. I started going to church, giving my tithe, and now my freezer's busted. I'm sure somebody in this church has got an extra freezer, all right? If not, Mike, Mike owns Loudermilk Farms. Go down there and buy a pack of peas, and I'll pay for that pack of peas. How about that? 
Are you listening? Why? You gotta make up your mind. You gotta go ahead and realize that this world's not your home, but we never challenge people to make up their mind. God will save you. He'll give you a new life. He'll turn around. He'll give you a new car. He'll give you this. We make God a sugar daddy. No, no. God will save you and deliver you out of hell. He will give you an abundant life. You may drive a Pinto or a Porsche. I don't know yet, but I know this. If you remain faithful to God and grow on the right foundation, God will make greatness out of your life that your children's children will recognize the power of God on your life. Joshua 24 stands there and Joshua got tired. He got tired of the back and forth. And Joshua says in verse 15, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Jehovah, the Amorites, but I want you to know before you answer, I feel him. He says, I want you to know your decision does not change mine. For me and my house, Amen. we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Oh, I can't serve God. President Trump's in office. I, I can't serve God. Obama's in office. I can't serve God. Nikki Haley's the governor. I can't serve God. Tim Hill's the general overseer. I can't serve God. Dabo's got the head coach at Clemson. No, you're basing your God on the circumstances of your life. I don't care who's the president. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care what happens down the road I know this let God be true and let every man be a liar and let God be praised in his house make up your mind but brother Nolan what if things go wrong they will they will started went out in my vehicle oh my goodness brother Nolan I didn't get the raise I deserve I know pastor my child's about to make me pull my hair out I know. <laughs> but brother, no, what happens if it goes wrong? It will. This world has been affected by sin, cursed. That's why it travails when a woman is, is in labor. That's why you, men will get up, you women will get up in the morning and you will labor and be tired of your body after a long day's work. That's why you hunters know that at certain times the thistles and the thorns on the ground will just beat upon your legs and rip your pants apart. This world has been cursed and touched by sin. It's not been redeemed yet. That's why Romans says it groans to the creator. But you hear me. Just because things go wrong doesn't mean I hadn't made my mind up. Yeah, I feel him. Yes, sir, we hitting a nerve right now. Let's go help us. I've made my mind up. I love him and he loves me. I made my mind up. Walked away from things that would benefit me in the natural. I've made my mind up. I made my mind up. Somebody doesn't like me, that's all right. They'll like me tomorrow. I made my mind up. I made my mind up to serve the Lord and follow him in the way. But brother, no one, I sin and somebody's talked about me. Don't worry about it. If that, that's the next thing, what if I get hurt? Listen to me, you will. That's what Hebrews is telling us. You're gonna get hurt but don't dig up the foundation when you get hurt. I will hurt you sooner or later. I am a human, most of the time not knowing. I may forget something, something may happen, but it works a two-way street as well though. And I can't judge you for that. You're good people, good Christian people, best church in the land. Sometimes we're gonna get hurt. But you know what? I can't dig up the foundation. Brother Nolan, I can't go to that church. There's some hypocrites in that church. Yes, they are. You might know one. Come on. Because if you're staying out of church because somebody else goes here, 
wow, what a shallow faith you have. This is a fan-shaped church. You can sit over here by my lovely wife right beside David Williamson. Wave at me, David. And if you sit there, you can't even see Bo over here on my left. Just sit over there and you won't have to see them over here. And guess what? Will you get to heaven? If you get there, then you can work the rest out. I would go to that church, but I just, I can't, I can't deal with Joey Vaughn. The way he sits up there like he owns the church and looks at me, I just can't deal with that. Well, bless your little heart. Well, I tell you what, when you leave today and go to the steakhouse and I go to visit with a family that has a death and I call Joey at two and he goes to work for about an hour and a half working on a video and then he beats Danny and Jessica this afternoon and work on about three songs and he gets up tomorrow and has two things working on him and he's not on a positional pay. He does it because he loves the church outside of the benefits we get. So while we've been judging him for sitting, they're not, but while we've been judging him sitting up there, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. So you go eat your chicken while he's working on that and understand I say that jesting because I know that's what the devil does. He likes to divide and conquer. But if you've made up your mind, you don't care. Haven't you heard that this person got this? Haven't you heard? Bless them. I pray God bless them. Why? Because James said, if I'll do that, the mercy that I give, that same mercy will follow me all the days of my life. But Brother Nolan, what if I get hurt real quickly? Jesus said in Luke 21, I'm going to send you out. There are going to be some doors that are going to shut in your face. But what does he say before that? He says you're going to have adversaries. There's going to be people that contradict you. You'll be betrayed by parents, by brothers, by sisters. You'll be hated for my name's sake. But what did he say before that? But settle it in your hearts first. That's powerful. You're going to be done wrong, but if you will settle it in your mind first, it won't matter. Hello? Was lied on recently. Bold-faced lie. It's all right. Won't be the last time. And I know that that's just life. That person was probably having a bad day, but I've made up my mind for me and that lady that just sung a while ago, and for them two little boys right there, we've come too far to dig up the foundation. That way, actually, when they come show up and they have drugs in their body, I don't have to go run and find out what to do. Jesus Christ, and nothing less but his righteousness. You trust in who you trust. I'll trust in Jesus. Secondly, ignore the foolish. We dig up foundations because Romans 14 says we fuss over things that we cannot solve. Mm -hmm. That's what he says. He says there are weaker Christians and there are stronger Christians. What to eat, what day to worship on, what we can drink, what we cannot drink, and we cannot solve this. What does he say? Leave it alone. He says one day every one of you will stand in front of the judgment of God. That's what he says. He says, but before we let this divide the church, if it's not a doctrinal matter or a leadership matter, there may just be something that we have to leave alone. Chafin likes the game cause. We can't kick him out of the church for that. We just have to pray for him. Amen? And I say that in jest. Sometimes I bring humor because I know the knife is sharp. But can I, I share this with you in boldness? There have been churches split for less than that. And the reason is we allow the foolish to dominate the doctrine of Christianity. And what church should be about, it's not about. Listen to me. 
I'm going to get in trouble. Um, mm. We cannot make the theme of our church the benefit of the people. And while churches have exiled Christ from the church, we'll have special days now. I'm not preaching against this. I'm just saying we'll have yoga day. We'll have bless the pets day. We'll have bless the flower day. Romans says somebody they will worship creation more than they would creator, but that's the scripture. But anyway, and we'll, we'll go through all that. And then Christ is exiled from the church. And then we get upset because why we don't understand why people are fighting over things that don't matter. Because they dug up the foundation. It's not built on Jesus Christ. It's built on me. It's built on my theology. It's built on my preaching. It's built on my good looks. It's built on my family. It's built on what I think. And if I don't get my way as a pastor, I'll go down the church and start me a church down the road because God's in that. We'll divide this church three ways and I'll take my third and I'll go down the road. He says, no, there comes a time that you've got to just let go of the foolish. Come on, somebody. And say, you know what? It may not be perfect, but this is a good church. And I built myself on it, not just the church, but on Jesus Christ. And I may not understand everything, and I may not be perfect, but I made up my mind. I'm not going back to the bar. I'm not going back to the filth. I'm not going back to the world. I'm going to stay in Jesus. There may be some days I've got to plead the blood. There may be some days I've got to ask for forgiveness. Pastor, there's going to be some days I'm going to lose my mind on social media. But if you'll hang on to me, I'll hang on to you. We'll move forward in Jesus' name, and God will give the glory. Amen. Amen. Lastly. Lastly, and I close with this as they get ready, you've got to go to work. You gotta start building. I can't make you build, you gotta start building. Listen, we're not the best in the sense of the only, but we try to provide things, it's organized. Pastor Russell got up here early, you could tell he's prepared and our music's prepared and we try to update you. We try to do things with excellence and we're improving that. Mike and Terry are here to help every department get better. But you hear me. Even if we have the best of everything, I still can't make you go to work. I can't go home with you and tell you, Russell, it's Sunday morning. This is your 7.30 wake up call. You need to go brush your teeth twice and put your clothes on to come to church. I can't do that. I can't tell you it's Tuesday at lunch. You need to grab the Bible and go have your devotion. You haven't prayed in three days. I can't do that. You have to make up your mind. Jude says in verse 20, but you beloved, build, build, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. You have to do it. Oh, he gives five steps to do it. Praying in the spirit is the first one but I can't do it for you. But if you'll go to work and you'll not grab the shovel and dig up the foundation, listen to me, let me give the, the grannies of our church, I wanna commend you. That faith you gave us, it still works. It's still Jesus Christ. Young people start building on it, go to work. Brother Nolan, I, I just don't feel like coming to church sometimes. Well, bless your little heart. There are times I don't feel like paying taxes, but you know what? I'm scared of Uncle Sam. I don't want him. 
tax man says, I believe this is legal. You want to try it, but if we do, they might call you. I say, oh, no, I'm okay. No, no, I, I, I don't want that. I choose to do something different. Why? Because I want to go to work in my life. I only have one, and I'm 40 years of age. Some of my older saints laugh and say, preacher, you still nothing but a boy. I get it. But can I tell you something? I'm a long way from 15. I'm a long way from 16. Let me close with this, show you how God works. Is Larry Richardson in the house? Larry, you in the house? Larry, we have some visitors. I think I saw them earlier. They're here somewhere. I'm sorry. He walked in the church this morning, two things. He says, do you know Bob Nolan? Anytime somebody asks me that, that's my daddy. It always scares me. It really does. And I said, tell me what you know about him first. <laughs> Larry worked at Van Lott and used to deliver things to my father in their business. It just shows you how a small world this really is. But then he asked me, and Ashley asked me this first. He said, do you know Michael Davis? I know Michael. I was 20 years old. I started a revival at the Ruby Church of God. Ruby is half the size of West Salem. I'm being, I'm being for real. Doesn't even have a caution light. Doesn't even have a gas station. You have to go to Chesterfield to buy gas. Ruby is so far back in the woods, but it's a good church of God. That day, Michael Davis was there. I started a revival, Danny. Diane, at the altar call, I saw this tall, skinny guy get up. It didn't look like much. I could tell that he'd been out the night before. He was married, and you could tell by the way they were sitting, marriage wasn't good. And they, he made his way to the altar. And I prayed him through. And God gloriously saved him. Fast forward 17 years later, you've been visiting a little church at the Newberry Church of God. It's actually not little anymore. Where skinny, not as skinny Michael Davis is now a credentialed minister in the church of God, pastoring a church, telling people about Jesus Christ. You build on a foundation that foundation will allow you to see things that you can only dream of. If I close with this, I want you to see those things. Larry White, I feel led to tell you something, brother, from this pulpit. I know you've had transition in your life recently, but I feel led of the Holy Ghost to tell you that God's hand's been upon that, and he is orchestrating your life for great ministry that's ahead of you. That ministry may last five minutes or five hours or five years. I don't know. But if it's just one prayer, you pray at the church with somebody, so be it. Let God work in your life. You hear me? We build on a foundation so we can bear fruit and that that fruit shall remain. Never would have dreamed that Michael Davis that day would later pour into your life where now you could pour into somebody else's. To God be the glory. Would you stand with me, please, all over the house? I'm not going to give you a free pass. Let's build. Let's build. Let's build yourself up. Let's build. What is it that God wants you to do, Herschel? Get ready. I I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. We don't have church tonight, so no need to be in a hurry. 
I feel like praying with a few people this morning. Herschel, I want you to come on, stand down here. I'm gonna pray for ministry. Is there anybody else who would say, Pastor, Larry, if you would come down here for me, please. Anybody else who would say, Pastor, I'm ready. I want to be built, established on a solid rock where I can produce fruit. Ronnie, Michelle, come on down here. I want to pray for you as well. I'm praying this morning. Are you ready? Don't let Florence get your mind off God. Amen? Somebody say amen in this house. Amen. Let's get ready. Anybody else say, Pastor, I'm ready. I've been through some things up and down. Or, Pastor, I'm just at a new place and I'm ready to do something with God. Would you step out by faith? Step out by faith right now. Right now. They're coming. Lane, come on, Lane. Come on. Come on, good, come on. Anybody else? Come on, Charmin, that's all right. Come on, come on. Anyone else? My hope is built on nothing less. Amen? Can we give God praise for these lives? I want all our ministers of our school of ministry to help me start praying. Leadership, I want you to come. I want everybody. So good to see these young people. Amen. Amen. Aren't you proud of these young people right here? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's have church. You ready? As they begin to sing, and begin to sing, Father, in Jesus' name, God, I pray right now. Oh.